Hey guys, welcome back. Episode 10. Let's get into this. How you doing, Tom? Doing real good. How are you doing, Jason? Hey, I'm hanging in there. I want to talk today about what we did academically the last couple weeks, as well as where we stand uh, on our on our skills-based training. And then we've got a couple other articles and things to go over and, and share with, uh, with all you listeners. So academically, what have we been doing? Well, we started on logbooks last week, and I left the class with... Um, they were they were pretty well fried as far as their brains. I mean, we pumped them right full of knowledge for at least four days last week straight. Uh, we went over all all the typical rules: the eleven hour rule, fourteen. The fact you got to have ten hours off. Uh, talked about the half hour break and eight, uh, the seventy hour rule, and then we moved right from there right into exceptions or exemptions, and. Um, we went with that, but it, it takes a while to go over this. We've got a class of 19 students, and uh, we just have to go back and re, you know, refresh. So how does this work? How does that work kind of a deal? But I draw it all out on the board, and they've got a real good chance to get a visual on how this is supposed to look. So along with that, we go over logs, um, that like the upper portion of, of the log, what needs to get filled out, what's required, what's not required and how the hours add up and and all the regular logbook stuff so one thing that i thought was uh, neat this time around uh as as most of you know if you are in in trucking the rules changed a little bit last year uh particularly with the split slipper the split sleeper berth option and i uh, i've never run under that and i was a little uh i don't say confused but a little um just not familiar with it and I, I was teaching this to the students and I'm not familiar with it and they said you know maybe you can draw that out on the board and I'm thinking I, I don't know I don't know if I can <laughs> but I did we had an example and, and I drew it out on the board and it actually went really well and not only did it work for the students to visualize it and now they can put that into place if they ever need to uh, I got a lot better understanding just because I drew it like I drew it on the board we use different colors for whatever different reasons like Here's when you're on, here's when you're off. This is what counts, this is what doesn't. And made that um, split sleeper option make sense, like visually. So that went pretty well. I mean, you were in there for part of that time. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I learned something as well. Um, and I wish I would have utilized this back when I was um, working for the prior company I was with. There's been shippers where I would go to, and you knew right when you got there that going off duty was kind of a thing because you might be held up there all day. And I'm when I say all day, right on in till you have 10 hours off. You've fulfilled your whole break and then you finally get a door and, and get loaded. 10 hours was pretty extreme, but with this sleeper berth rule, I could have booked out at seven hours and that was pretty common. And I could have just been home right that night or back to the yard or what have you and then right, get up and do it the running. Yeah. Now we're running into your legal limits. Right, yep. yep. And, and you know, but be able to get back up and do it again the next day. Obviously the art behind that is, uh, you know, managing that clock, because if you're already scheduled to do other things in the morning, you know, now that maybe fry that, but of course, communicating with your dispatcher is key. Right. Yep. Well, we went over those and uh, the class was pumped full of knowledge. And I'll tell you listeners that I do everything that we do at school on paper logs so that we can see this, you know, visualize it. I can go over the logs and correct them. You know, that they'll turn something in. I'll, I'll get my wonderful magic red pen out and start making marks all over on, on what is correct on their log, what's not correct, and and then um, then we just move on to the next day and the next day after that. Um, 
they did fulfill, the students did fulfill, while all of the learning is done that we were going to do, the, the chapter ending assignments are, are there and not turned in today, and their logbook test is also done and everything is turned in you know, as of today. So I need to go over and correct logbook uh, test probably later later this week or this weekend. I'll, I'll get after that. Uh, following this week of logs, or actually, pardon me, last week where we learned logs, and this week where they they did more knowledge stuff, and we looked into electronic logs and and um, kind of buttoned up a few other things with with our logs. The next thing we move into is they will log every day at school just like they're a truck driver, just like they're a regular, you know, out on the road like regional hauling truck driver. They come here, they got to show, you know, getting we start class at eight, they got to show getting to class on duty time right until we start driving. So stay, we started to drive it at nine o'clock, you know, they would show a pre-trip at nine, driving at 9.15 or 9.30, whenever they get done. And, um, and on, you know, on, onward and forward with the day. But they will continue to do that now uh, for the rest of the time that they're here. So we're into week six, that makes 10, we got 10 weeks left. They will log everything for the next 10 weeks. And that's a graded assignment. So the, the, the graded portion of that assignment is the next 30 days will be graded uh the following after that you know they will have a grade it's entered into the book and then clearly they just keep a log after that for you know for, for good practice i also have them total up their miles on these logs so daily they got to put daily miles on and then every day they accumulate their miles so if they drove say 100 miles today and they drove 100 miles the next day and they drove 100 miles a day after that you know you'd show me 100 miles each day on your log but accumulatively we also keep track of that and i have them keep track on the log uh, that'd be in this example 300 miles so <clears throat> they uh at the end of the semester, they know how many miles they drove. So when they get to their first employer and the first employer says, well, what did you do in school? Then you can, that student can turn to, to an employer and say, well, I drove, you know, 1800 miles while I was in school and we did this exercise and that exercise and these three things and whatever safety stuff we did, you know, whatever they want to talk about. But I do know employers are very interested in miles. Um, that's what oftentimes a question that I get when an employer will call me is how many miles did, you know, does your program have or how many miles did so-and-so get? And we average, it, it'll depend on the driver and um, a few other circumstances, like where we go and what the weather conditions are. You know, as most of you listeners know, we're in Minnesota. So we do uh, face some, not, not much for weather constraints, but some. You know, there, there are some days that we just, it's too snowy to go. And we won't get, you know, some of those days are just better spent academically in the, in the classroom. And it's worth noting that all of those miles spent, or a majority of them, are county and state roads as opposed to the interstate. Yep, yep. We county and state roads, lots of two lanes. We have some favorites that we go on. Um, we told you about them last uh, last year with our podcast stuff. But uh, we'll, we'll be on those same roads again this year. We got some twisty, turny, hilly roads even here in Minnesota, and we definitely get out on that stuff too. And don't I mean don't get me wrong, we get on the interstate as well. They need to know all that stuff, but we don't focus on getting them into top gear and running down the interstate. Like I can get any, any, you know, monkey can, can do that. I want to build, as we've said, you know, several times before we're trying to build skills here and skills are, you know, narrow roads or two, two lane, shouldn't say narrow, but two lane roads and uh, shifting um, curves. You got to slow down for hills that are going to, you know, slow you down as you go up. And most of our trailers have weight. So, there, yeah, all of that. 
But one thing I kind of wanted to bring up too, you had mentioned to me earlier that you had somebody message you on one of the social media platforms regarding our, our simulator. And we might be able to get into that a little bit as far as our article and things like that go, but it kind of leads into, you know, just being able to put anybody in the, behind the driver's seat and have them drive down the interstate. Having this simulator has been, boy, I tell you what, it's it's been phenomenal. We've talked about it briefly already. Um, as, as things progress, uh, or not progress for that matter, we bring them in, get them on the shifting or backing or you know, gear recovery, that's a big one. And it makes a night and day difference. But I just wanted you to maybe mention that person that, that uh, called you out on social media there for having a simulator in and, yeah, and so, maybe what a statement was. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I would love to. So actually, I was on, oh, let me let me back up. You guys know that there's a, we have a new simulator. And our other, our, we have two of them, actually, the other one's going to be here any like any minute. So we got two of these things. And the uh, local paper in Alexandria, Minnesota, ran an article on us. Uh, they came here, interviewed myself and Tom, and took some pictures, and we played with the simulator and showed them, a, you know, the different things that it can do. And that was great. And it ended up being that uh, not only did we get in the paper, we were on the front page of the paper. So we're all of a sudden big splash. And uh, right shortly thereafter, a couple of days later, uh, that article I, I saw the front page of the paper and that article on uh, on on facebook and somebody had said on on facebook there was a comment in there that said you know so, something to the effect of that's just you know something like that's just what we need you know all these new drivers thinking that it's nothing but a game and you know it's funny how uh people can on social media have a big stance and then if you confront them in person uh they they cower but here's what i did with that comment i uh reached out to that person with a private message and invited him in. And uh, if you think this doesn't work like a truck or if you think it's a game, I encourage you to come here and try it because it is most definitely not a game. Um, it's a simulator. It's not perfect like a truck, but it's a kitten's whisker away from a truck. I'll stand by that. And anybody that thinks differently is welcome to come over here and give it a shot. This thing is um, it's great. And to that point, we're not training them solely on a simulator. This is the beginning stages or remedial, remedial training. Um, as soon as they have beginning stages where they can go out in a truck and not wreck a clutch, then you know we get them out in the trucks and that's what the mainstay is. So 96, 97% of their time is spent in a truck. It's that first 3% of the time that we, uh, that we start them with this simulator and, and the clutching and the double clutching and the um, I mean, I don't really need to probably go through everything with you, but all that beginning stuff, it is then the, you know, on, a, on the other hand, 3% of the class that we'd need to bring back in for remedial training for downshifting or driving through traffic or backing up or whatever. But it's, it's not an everybody thing and it's not an all the time thing. Yeah, for sure. And I just wanted you to mention that. And sorry for putting you on the spot with it, but I thought, you know what? There's probably people out there listening that are maybe having the same thoughts as this gentleman did, you know. And, and so anybody that has those types of questions, you can always email us. You know, it, it's uh, it's been a great tool for us, but there's going to be all those veteran drivers out there listening thinking, boy, you can't teach somebody to drive a truck in a simulator. Yeah. You know? No, I, so, I agree with you completely because I've seen simulators before and they were absolutely terrible. And I, when I talk about terrible, I mean, I can't put words to how, how bad these simulators were. I can't believe they were even allowed to sell them. Right. 
but I can tell you with the one that we have now, it's it's a kitten's whisker from a truck. So if you are a driver and um, and you think, boy, I don't know, still the best way is to get them in a truck, well, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I want you to stop by the college and take this thing for a spin. We're right on I-94, right in central Minnesota. Come on over. Yep, we definitely invite you in. Um, and then shout out to Echo Press, Thalen at the Echo Press. He's the one that came in and interviewed us. Gave us, the, gave us the shot on the article, did a really nice write-up with us. You can find that article at our Facebook page, and that's Professional Truck Driver on Facebook. So you'll be able to take a look at that article there. And, again, thank you to the Echo Press. Yeah, right, right on. I agree with that. Thanks. So we were talking about logbooks. That's what we did academically. We left off or, or finished the – I shouldn't say left off. We're, we're completed now. But the last thing that we do is electronic logs. So we do everything here on paper so that I can correct them. However, we also train on electronic logs uh, to a limited extent. I don't have them in the trucks, but we do have some pretty good J.J. Keller training videos on e-logs. Um, so that's that it. That's it. That's where we wrapped up with logs. And that's something we haven't put too much focus on is the ELD stuff, electronic logging, just because we don't have them here in the college as far as hardware goes. Um, but we wanted to at least introduce them to it a little bit. We know that the employer is going to have different ELDs it's wherever hard. they go. Yeah, it's hard to implement it here at the school because don't, like basically no matter what system we go with here, which would be a big expense, by the way, for the college. I mean, there's a very limited budget, and, and we spend it all. I mean, just strictly on, on maintenance and little things that we might need around here and, and fuel and whatnot, our budget is, is completely deplete, depleted by the end of the semester. Um, so with our budget being depleted, you know, like that, be, putting ELDs in, the, in our trucks would, would be an expensive endeavor. So the other problem I run into is no matter what I put in, the, uh, it's almost assured that it won't be the same system as a any given company, right? Everyone's doing their own thing with this e-log deal. So what we do is train them uh, like a basic understanding of e-logs. We've got several good videos. Uh, a few that I show are, are the J.J. Keller training videos, and I've got the latest and greatest up to uh, I bought them last year, so they're 2020 or 2021 editions. Um and those those e-log videos are pretty good. And then I, I do uh, you, there's a couple not not many, but there's a couple pretty good ones on on YouTube that I also kind of solicit in the classroom and, and we watch them go through that. So they do get a certain handful of e-log training. Um, the rules, of course, the rules don't change whether you're e-logs or paper logs. But in, in the school setting, it's easier to run with paper just because I can correct them. So and not to mention, it, veteran drivers already know that you have to have e-logs or uh, paper logs on your truck that's correct yeah yep. you're all right with that yep so that's what we did uh with logs and academically i kind of left them at that for that was a, the majority of last week and then today is wednesday of our of the what you could say the second week um remember we're doing our podcast here every two weeks now so this is wednesday of the second week then this week we focus largely on driving uh, we do need to get our driving in. Uh, we, we we hit logs hard and uh, gave up. We sacrificed a little bit of our drive time. So essentially this week we're in, we, we come in. I got very little to talk about unless they have questions or something to go over, but we're usually out in the shop. We start at 8. We're in the shop by 10 after 8, 8.15, you know, whatever, and we're out driving. I do believe today we got every single person out and some of them out twice today. So everybody's driving around the track. They're backing up. Uh, I'm seeing 
those skills come around, uh, the offset back and 90 degree back, we have people that could test out right now and we still have four weeks to go before we start testing. So I'm very happy to see that. Our next hurdle is getting them on the road, which we have been. Uh, we've done uh, quite a bit of driving. We've got three loops, um, easy, medium, and hard that we do around here, uh, at least in the beginning stages of, of our driving. And everybody is pretty well through the easy loop, might have a couple, two or three left to kind of uh, firm their skills up on that easy loop. But by and large, most of the class is running the uh, medium loop at this point. And even I've, I've had one guy out on the on the hard loop. So I took the interstate today for a little bit with Don't one of them. <laughs> yep. We went out, uh, well, it was kind of the harder loop, medium hard. Um, we went out towards the truck stop, had him park in a spot, get straight, come out of the truck stop, jumped on the interstate for a little bit, came back down the other side. So Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. No, that, that's great. That's, I didn't know you did that. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, they all got out today, so that's good. I'm happy to see with where the class as a whole is standing. We, we definitely have a few on the very, very top. We, we've got a few that we're going to spend, um, you could, you know, just going to have to spend more time with. But the majority of the class is really right, right where I would like to see them, and they are definitely gaining knowledge every time we go out. <clears throat> I can see a change from one, one day to the next or one week to the next when I go with these different students. Um, speaking of our track, so we have, I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned it before, we've got a track that's just shy of one, or pardon me, just shy of two miles long and there's different we set up our backing exercises there and then they got um like there's stop signs and stuff out there they got to stop for that but you know our signs are getting a little faded and um we looked at buying some signs but i thought geez you know we're such a limited budget i don't want to go spend 500 bucks on on a few signs you know and so i called the county around here and for us that's douglas county and, and got in touch with someone and i just said do you have any old signs you know something that you just has been taken down to wore out or, or whatever that, that you could donate and um I, I pretty well figure they tell us no but he said yeah come on over we got a stack of them boxes of them come on over and so we went there actually today at lunchtime and we ended up with well not a full pickup box but we got i don't know what 30 30 signs yeah 20 30 i'd say yeah definitely yeah. uh so good variety of them yep yep and just to be just to be clear i don't think anybody can go and do that we're a state entity and we are we contacted a state entity for these signs. The signs are not new. They're the, they're the kind of signs that have been um, like served their use or maybe they're bent because somebody hit them or um, I know I saw a few we got, they've got some holes in them because people have shot them. So these are like the old used signs, you know, we're not getting the brand new stuff, but they'll serve our purpose. Fine. We got some pretty good looking used signs for sure. Um, I was able to find, well, of course we got stops and yields and no passings and I can't wait to get all these up on the track. But we also found a restricted, uh, a weight restricted route sign, which I thought was super cool for us. And what other cool ones did we find? Uh, I ninety four. That's my ninety four signs. I tell you yeah. what, those aren't those aren't even going to go on the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We found some I ninety four signs, and, and uh, those are going to be used for decorations inside the uh, inside the building for sure. Those are those are those are pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, but so anyway, shout out to Douglas County. That was super cool of them. Very happy with that. Uh, we're definitely going to be able to use these. And, 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 and more than that, we formed a relationship over there because they're looking for drivers just like everybody else is looking for drivers. And I said, well, <laughs> I talk about you guys all the time. Why don't you come over here and do some recruiting? And, you know, um, you, can, you can talk to the class and hopefully you can pull someone in. You know, and if it doesn't work this year, maybe they'll remember you in a year or two and, 
and they can go back. So well, he was fearful about his wage an hour, and it's pretty competitive when you look at the benefits package. That yeah, they roll yeah. Out as well, was, you know, working for the state or working for the county is a kind of a big deal, especially with their retirement and stuff. Um, but you know, as you guys know out there, we have somebody for everybody. You know, there's always a niche that some of our students will fit. Some of them don't want to be over the road forever. Some of them want to just be local. And these county jobs and, and state jobs might be just perfect for them. So. Yeah, no, there's definitely a niche for everyone. Uh, some people come in here looking only to go over the road. That's the whole goal. And others come in here saying, I don't ever want to be over the road. I'm, I'm whatever else there is, but not that. And I bring in a, a variety. You know, you guys know that I talk about the different companies we bring in on a weekly basis. Um, some of them are over the road. Some of them are regional. Some are construction. Uh, this will add to my list of government entities that we bring in. So, you know, there's, there is. There's a niche for everybody. And I didn't think he told me what they start at. And I don't, I don't know if I want to broadcast that yet because I don't know that it's quite public. <clears throat> but I thought their wage was relatively competitive in today's market. Uh, even in 2020, 2021 market we're, we're in, um, and again, state job. And I've told everybody that's considering this, yes, their wage isn't the best wage, but their benefits are like top of the line. And if you can stick this out for five or 10 years, you will retire handsomely. If you can, you got to get through the first few years where it's not the best money. It still ain't bad, but yeah, it ain't get the best. Get pay increases. Right. Yep. And that's, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a heck of a job. Thanks, Douglas County. We really appreciate the signage. Yeah, right on. Goes a long way with us. And uh, come on down and recruit. Yeah, yep. So, Tom, speaking of recruiting, uh, tell me, who did we have in last week? Uh, Magnum. Tony from Magnum came by and saw us. They're a uh, pretty much a dry van and reefer uh, hauling company. They also do uh, separate divisions, though. They have LTD. Uh, LTL dedicated, but they do warehousing and logistics as well. They're based out of Fargo, North Dakota. Pretty decent company. You guys have seen Magnum rolling around out there on the freeway before, but uh, it yep. was a good visit. Really nice visit. Good, good pay. Good package on benefits. Um, of course, we don't talk about paying and, and exactly what the benefits are, but if you're looking for a good company, um, they're looking for drivers just like everybody else is. Yep. No, I was happy with Magnum's visit and them coming in. Uh, the, cl the class is, was uh, relatively excited over uh, seeing what they had to offer. And now mm -hmm. they have others to compare to because we've had Knife River, we've had Brenny, we've had uh, Mason Brothers, we've had Pepsi, yep. you know, and now we've got Magnum. Uh, this week we've got another one coming in, uh, Daggett Trucking or Daggett Truck Lines. I don't know how they go by Daggett Trucking, I believe it is. Yeah, Daggett, uh, Scott and Tamara, I believe is you, you pronounce her name, Tamara? Yep. Be I, why don't, I don't Friday. I'm, yeah, yes, Daggett's coming in. I don't know if it's Tamara or tomorrow. Tamara or Tamara. <laughs> yep. Yep. She'll let us know when yeah, she gets here. Yeah, she'll let us know though, when right? she gets here. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a cool thing for Friday we got going on. And uh, they are, uh, they're an over-the-road company that does, uh, similar to Magnum, their dry van and refrigerated stuff. Yep. So looking forward to those guys as well. Yeah, it was a good visit with Tony. He's always fun. Um. Yeah, no, he's, you know? he's uh, a good presenter and... Yep. The, and you know what? The class asked him some hard questions, and he was right there with them. And I'm glad that they asked those questions. Mm -hmm. I'm equally glad that, that uh, he can answer them right. e truthfully because some of them were hard questions. And, and some of that, um, I guess I would just say some stuff you, you aren't, you know it should probably be changed in your company, but you're not the guy to make the change. And, and he was upfront about, yeah, you know, this isn't where I wish it was at, but we are. It's on the table to discuss some of these things. Right. 
So I'm glad they asked the hard questions. I'm glad he was put on the spot, and I'm glad he was able to answer that and handle those questions. You know, they seem to enjoy it too, not just Tony, but most everybody we've had in here, they say, wow, you guys really asked some good questions here. You know, this is a yep. lively class. They're pretty jazzed up about it. Yep, yep. So. They must have good instructors. They must, right? <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was thinking. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tony, from Magnum. We appreciate it. Thanks for stopping in and visiting. Well, Tom, we hit a, we hit a bunch of stuff. Do you have some articles over there? Yeah, so I had this first article here, uh, and it headlines. This is also, let me just mention, from CDL Life. This is where I get a lot of our news because they stay pretty current. So shout out to CDL Life. We appreciate the articles and and uh, glad that you're allowing us to use those on air. Uh, but the headline reads, Hundreds of Cascadias recalled for exhaust defect that could spark a fire. Daimler Trucks North America, DTNA, will recall hundreds of Freightliner Cascadias due to possible exhaust pipe defect. The recall was issued for 2022 model year Cascadias with a Cummins engine and battery boxes mounted between the frame rail built on the Cleveland manufacturing plant between April 1, 2021 and July 12, 2021. So that's kind of a big deal. Well, it's funny that it's a Freightliner Cascadia, to be honest with you. I've got a story yeah. about that. Okay. So I clearly we're, we're here in Alex Tech, uh, but when I started teaching, I started teaching six years ago at uh, the Hibbing Community College up in Hibbing, Minnesota, and we had one of those trucks donated to us. It wasn't that year. I believe the one we got was like 10 years old or something, and we had nothing but trouble with it. It was a test truck for, for, for Freightliner or Daimler Chrysler. And whatever they do for testing, you know, that certainly I'm not privy to. But we got this thing donated to us, and we had a lot of trouble with it. And uh, one night is, is another another day of this thing not working right. And w so that night we parked it in the shop. In and when I say the shop, I mean inside of our diesel shop. They had a they they did and do have a uh, diesel mechanic uh, course, and so we put it inside uh, to be looked at in the following day. Well, that night it started on fire in the shop next to all of our petroleum products. So we had 55 gallon drums of oil and I don't know what else they got there, transmission fluid or something, power steering fluid. Holy crap. Yeah, she lit right wow. up. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say it lit right up. Uh, it smoldered and caught on fire. And so therefore it smoked a lot and the smoke uh, set off the fire alarm inside the building. And um, it did burn. It burned quite a bit. But the fire alarm, can, or the not the alarm itself, but the sprinkler system contained the fire next to all of our petroleum stuff. And it basically sat there and smoldered um, until, until, it was, you know, until it was extinguished. Uh, we were pretty well across the street from the fire department, so it certainly didn't take them long to get there, even at, at whatever time it was, 2 or 3 in the morning. But it was a total loss, and we had to have the shop completely cleaned. Uh, so that was kind of a big deal. So I don't know what it is with these guys and their stuff starting on fire. And I'm not for or against Freightliner or any, or any you know, I've got my favorite manufacturer, but that's a personal view. Um, I just mm -hmm. want to point out I don't have anything um, one way or another against any uh, truck manufacturer, but I don't know what it is with these these things starting on fire. To that end, I, I also know of a guy that had a Peterbilt burned down in his, a friend of mine had, a, had his Peterbilt burned down right in his driveway. Right. So this happens with these new trucks. They just get hot. That after treatment system is a, you know, it's a hot, hot running thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of it. That spontaneous combustion is not good for anybody. Sometimes that happens when I eat a little too much chili, but you know. That's a whole different kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the next article I have here is, uh, this is uh, out of New York. I don't know if anybody knows of uh, Representative Joe Morrell. 
Um, and it, of course we're in Minnesota, but these are the kinds of things we want to talk about just because it could transfer here at any time. Uh, but the headline reads, and this is also again from CDL Life, Congressman Joe Morrell acts to address lack of school bus drivers. Rep. Morrell is urging Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg to waive commercial driver's licenses requirement for school bus drivers and establish a school bus specific license in an effort to help address workforce shortages and ensure students can be safely transported to school. The kind of reason I brought that up is it just seems kind of strange that we would take a safety sensitive job like that and maybe mitigate some things, some constraints, or I don't know exactly what he's looking at wanting to do there, but yeah, that would be something you wanted to talk about anyway. Well, you and I talked about it off air a little bit, and um, you actually had a lot of good comments about this article. And it, it kind of boils down to are they trying to streamline this thing because there's a shortage, there's a, a bus driver shortage? Mm-hmm. Because the deal is there's a driver shortage, truck driver, bus driver, coach bus driver there's a driver shortage so if we're streamlining that why aren't we streamlining everything and we shouldn't we shouldn't streamline anything it should be taught to the standard and as far as a school bus in my opinion children are you know are always viewed viewed as and should be viewed as as uh sacred and you protect the children so why are we why are we streamlining that of all things? Yeah, I don't want to see him streamline any, any part of CDL, right? right the right. more training, the better in my eyes. I mean, you're weighing one side, 80,000 pound vehicle going down the road, single driver that can affect a lot of other drivers around that truck. But then, you know, it's paramount when it comes to school bus, right? Cause right. now you have, I don't know how many kids you can fit in a school bus. I didn't take that endorsement yet, but we're working on it. Yeah. But that's a lot of children that you have responsibility over and I see, you know, I see that they're trying to find a different path to make that endorsement happen, but is it shortcutting? I, I don't understand what would make it different. You know, the February mandates coming up or the uh, regulation. So everybody that has a class a, a class B CDL will have to go through a course. We talked about that already. And if you already have a class B, but you don't have a school bus endorsement, or if you have a class A without a school bus endorsement, you're going to have to go through the course to, to obtain the endorsement, right? So racking my brain and trying to figure out what, what would you do different to make it more attractive to a driver to work for your bus company to mitigate the shortage? I just don't understand it. Well, I don't have an answer for that. No. Uh, other, my answer is you pay him more. Right. But they're limited on, on money. You can right. only pay them so much, and bus drivers only work so much. I mean, you can't, you only haul kids to school before and after school. So I don't, I, again, I don't have a, an answer. Yep. Well, we're going to follow this article. Um, I, I looked uh, to see if there was any updates on it. Uh, did Pete Buttigieg actually respond to it? Is it going to go to the Senate floor, the state Senate floor, or what have you? I don't know. But uh, it's something we want to kind of track closely because, again, like Jason said, I don't think we should be, if it is truly a shortcut, I don't think we should be doing that when it comes to school bus drivers or CMV drivers as a whole. Yeah, right on. I I agree with that. So we'll we'll follow it, and Tom's really good at at, uh, digging this stuff up, so that's that's why I let him do that. 
But with that, I mean, we're pretty much episode 10. They're about wrapped up here. Um, if anybody has questions or comments, you can email us at professionaltruckdriver at alextech.edu. You can also find us on Facebook. You can take a look at that art- article from the Echo Press as well on Facebook. Uh, just type in the search box up there, professional truck driver, and you'll find our page. Uh, if you want to see us on YouTube, you can go to YouTube and type in Alexandria Technical and Community College. That's our college page. And then we do have some uh, a, a video there for pre-trip examination and whatnot. And we're sitting at 10,000 views for that pre-trip Did we hit 10,000 yep, now? saw it yep. last night. Yep. yep. So if you guys are watching that out there, we appreciate the likes and the subscribes and things like that. It's uh, It helps us go a long way and legitimize what we're kind of doing here along with this podcast as well. And uh, if you want to share the podcast, podcast with your friends it's pretty much on any of your favorite platforms so just look it up professional truck driver yeah thanks for thanks for listening again episode 10 we'll see you in a couple more weeks for episode 11 see you later everybody